Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. I'm Douglas L., your host. You can now contact me directly via text, 919-675-1058. That's 919-675-1058. Or join our Facebook group at the Anon Podcast. That's T-H-E-A-N-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to fellowship with other guests. This podcast aims to be a commentary and discussion of Narcotics Anonymous literature, aiming to enrich the recovery experience of those who are on this beautiful journey. This podcast should not replace contact with your sponsor, your involvement with Stepwork, or participation in the fellowship. Please use this podcast as another resource toward our collective growth as addicts in recovery. We're simply addicts seeking recovery. Nothing more, and for sure, nothing less. Now let's get started. I'm Carl, I'm an addict. This is the Just for Today reading for November the 21st, titled Letting Our Defects Go. If character defects contributed to our health and happiness, we would not have come to such a state of desperation. Basic text, page 34. Getting started on the sixth and seventh steps isn't always easy. We may feel as though we have have so much wrong with us that we are totally defective. We might feel like hiding under a rock. Under no circumstance would we want our fellow addicts to know about our inadequacies. We will probably go through a time of examining everything we say and do in order to identify our character defects and make sure we suppress them. We may look back at one particular day, cringing at what we were certain is the most embarrassing thing we've ever said. We become determined to be rid of these horrible traits at all costs. But nowhere in the sixth or seventh step does it say we can learn to control our defects of character. In fact, the more attention we focus on them, the more firmly entrenched they will become in our lives. It takes humility to recognize that we can't control our defects any more than we can control our addiction. We can't remove our defects. We can only ask a loving God to remove them. Letting go of something painful can be as difficult as letting go of something pleasant. But let's face it, holding on is a lot of work. When we really think about what we're holding on to, the effort just isn't worthwhile. It's time to let go of our character defects and ask God to remove them. Just for today, I'm ready to have my defects removed. I will let go and allow a loving higher power to care for me. Thanks for letting me read. In today's episode, we'll discuss the Just for Today meditation with our guest, Mark S. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. Thanks for having me here. Glad you can make it. So, Mark, can you tell us your clean date, where you attend meetings, and can you give your home group a shout out? Sure. Uh, so my clean date is June 3rd, 2002. Um, my recovery has been in uh, British Columbia, southern part of British Columbia in the interior. And uh, my home group currently is virtual. It's uh, Okanagan Group of Narcotics Anonymous. We're a virtual group with uh, members from all over the world. All right. Thanks, Mark. Let's transition to the just for today. Can you share your thoughts on letting our defects go? Um, it was a really good one. I, um, I really like the, um, the idea of, um, sort of understanding, like coming into recovery. Um, I didn't really understand a lot about defects or anything like that. Um, and, uh, as I worked through the steps in Narcotics Anonymous, um, I got a better understanding of not only what defects were, but how they affected my recovery. And um, for me, the, the focus today is, is just that awareness uh, every day of the defects and how they affect me. So, um, you know, 
uh, like anger can be a defect. It can be an asset as well, but um, you know, it's one of those things that I have to guard against. Um, when I came into uh, Narcotics Anonymous, uh, when I stopped doing drugs, one of the things that I found is uh, I had a lot of mental health issues, uh, things that had been masked by the drug use uh, that took me a long time to, to understand. Um, I would go and um, I took a service position when I had three months clean. And uh, so one of my jobs was secretary. So I would set up the meeting, put out all the IPs and the readings, make coffee. And um, my, my shirt would be drenched with sweat, <laughs> absolutely drenched with sweat from anxiety. But I, I mean, I worked, uh, I'm a, a white collar worker. I work in an office environment. I'm an IT specialist. And I remember uh, talking to my, my sponsor about that kind of, I'm like, I don't understand. Well, like, why is this, why am I so anxious? Why am I so nervous? And starting to look at some of the behaviors, some of the things I was experiencing and, uh, and trying to come to understand it, you know? And um, I think, um, I think as we grow in the program, uh, that uh, idea of defects um, really can play a part in our unity. Um, right now, I'm in the best home group I've ever been a part of. We have, um, well, our members list is online and we have 30 or 40 members and we have probably 12 to 15 people that show up for business meetings, which isn't just not something I've ever experienced in the 18 years I've been clean. And, um, and I'm finding that, uh, like I have huge issues with, with uh, like control issues. Um, you know, uh, like I, in, in a lot of the home groups I've been involved with, it's been very small numbers of people trying to keep the group going. Anybody willing to do a service position just did it to the best of their ability and, and God bless them. Right. Like, I mean, but, but now I'm finding that, um, I get to learn a whole new set of skills having to work with people a lot more, right? Because we have so many people that want to get involved and, uh, and help out and uh, carry a message. We, ha we have a, I, I think we have a really powerful home group. Uh, we have a lot of newcomers coming in and we're very inclusive. And, um, you know, we have a lot of people that stick and stay. And, uh, but, you know, like that awareness of those defects is, um, you know, like the control issue things, right? Like I'm somebody, uh, like, because it's virtual, people have to learn some technical skills in order to moderate or chair a meeting. And, uh, you know, and everybody has different technical ability. So I find th those, those old friends of mine, anxiety, control issues, anger, mm -hmm. uh, start to rear up, right? Because for some reason, I think that things have to go a certain way, right? You know, and I, I think uh, um, I was just going through, I did a meditation this morning on, on character defects and, and perhaps maybe the, one of the worst character defects is our self-centeredness or self-obsession. Um, you know, um, a, a good friend of mine used to say that um, self-obsession is the core of our disease. It's right from our literature, right? And um, so working with others, uh, I'm gonna come into conflict, right? I'm gonna have the opportunity to, to practice spiritual principles and, you know, in a way of uh, moving past those character defects, right? 
And uh, one of my home group members who I really love, a guy named Matthew, who's been around a long time, he, he put it really beautifully once in a meeting. Uh, I really love what he had to say. And he said, um, you know, it's not that God removes our defects of character so they no longer exist, but that he removes them as an obstacle in us moving forward. Mm. And, and I went, wow, that is a beautiful way of putting it because that's what I'm finding, right? I have this beautiful, loving, supportive home group and they laugh, right, at me and my control issues because I'm honest about it and I invite them in, right? Like I let them know that, you know, uh, that this is a problem, right? And, and they're not judgmental. They're not, they're just, they, we, we all have a good laugh, right? Uh, one of my favorite sayings, I have a hard time sometimes um, expressing what I'm feeling. So I often use the term stupid. I said, this is stupid. I'm, you know, that's stupid, right? Like, I, because I'm, I'm frustrated. And, and they know now, and, and, uh, and they laugh, right? And it's really refreshing to have people that love you and care about you who uh, can participate in your recovery, right? So for me, I really, uh, I think the worst character defect that I have is self-obsession, mm -hmm. right? I really do think that self-centeredness, self-obsession, right? My, my higher power has given me um, a tremendous amount of abundance in my life. And, uh, and what, what do I do with that? What do I do with this abundance, right? I think we all find abundance in recovery. It isn't necessarily always uh, financial, but it can be time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of my sponsees who just passed away recently of cancer, he, uh, he wasn't able to work. He was on disability. And in British Columbia, you don't get a lot of money on disability. I don't think anybody gets a lot of money in disability anywhere in the world. But, um, you know, he had an abundance of time. And how he used that time was beautiful, right? He participated in the community gardens, and that helped him with his food needs, right? Uh, we, have a, we have a nonprofit charity up here that helps out uh, a lot of people that are disadvantaged called the Salvation Army. I know they have it in the United States as well. Mm -hmm. And so he was quite involved with helping out with fundraising for the food bank. And, uh, you know, and I learned a lot from, from, from watching people like that. And I find myself in the same situation for most of my recovery it is this uh, idea of abundance. And uh, not just, um, like I say, not just financial abundance, but time. And, uh, you know, my higher powers put so much in my life, right? I think, I think that's why gratitude is so important, right? We really have to appreciate what we have. And, uh, you know, when we focus on that, when we focus on our character defects and, and uh, you know, our primary purpose of having to uh, grow the fellowship, be inclusive, um, you know, uh, the, the newcomers, the most, the, all the things we talk about, the newcomers, the most important person at any meeting, right? We meet regularly to help each other, right? when those become the focus of our lives because of the abundance that we have, um, then it gives us a real opportunity to step past those character defects into truly expressing God's will in whatever form that takes for each individual. You know, I don't know. Um, that's kind of, that's just something I've really been focused on the last three or four years is, is this idea of unity right? Tradition one, the application of the traditions and growing our fellowship. So I don't know. 
uh, has, can I ask you a question? Is what has that been your experience? Like, how do you how do you find? <laughs> okay, all right, good good stuff, Mark. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I, I approach step six and seven is almost looking like um, I give the analogy of a car running on flat tires, and uh, and step six is all about identifying the flat tires. Um, and then I, you know, because it, in, in my mind, like that, that paints a clear picture of saying, you know what, I could, if I have a flat tire, um, like I've driven on a flat before, it's not fun, right? It can, it could just about get you where you need to go. But um, the longer you're driving on that flat tire, you know, the more damage is, is, is being done. It's not pleasant. Um, and so, you know, and that's my approach to six. It's like identifying those flat tires in seven. Is, uh, is that active process of changing it out, you know, changing the tire out. And, and, um, and that just makes sense to me, you know, that, that um, having that awareness of, okay, so then what, then what makes a flat tire a flat tire? And then, you know, so then that boils down to, to three areas. It's like, okay, is it causing me pain? Is it causing the folks around me pain? And is it causing static in between my communication with the higher power? Yeah. And, and so those three, you know, if I can check the box on any of those three, it's like, okay, you look, you know what, this is probably something that's making my journey in life, not pleasant. And if I continue with this, it's probably going to affect other things. And that's that analogy, that flat tire analogy just kind of hits, hits that for me. Um, and, you know, and just for me, it's like, I, you know, I, I approach that as like moving into seven, um, you know, asking God, you know, saying, please, you know, please remove this from me. Yeah. Like my, my action item is to, is to, you know, stop the behavior to the best of my ability, you know, because I, and I've had seasons where, and like chapter seven, recovery and relapse talks about, Hey, look, you know, we, we try to get fulfillment through, uh, was it food, money, and sex, right? And those are the yeah. three that that hit me. I go clean in 2000. And over the years, like these seasons of recovery, um, where I can see my defects that are glaring, it, it's one of those three years. I mean, it always boils down to that for me. And and so, so it's like, all right, look, if, if I'm, if I've identified this pain and now I'm moving into this seven piece of asking God to remove it, like to the best of my ability, man, I need to stop doing it. Do yeah. the opposite, you know, whatever that is. So, so Mark, thanks for turning the tables. I haven't had that happen. I think you're about like the 160th guest, I think. I think we're about on guest 160. And um, and so, look, I'm going to put it back on you now. All right. So, oh, <laughs> so right I on. caught the ball and I'm throwing it back. So, uh, Fair enough. So, so would you talk about this, um, you know, you're, you're and, and I had to chuckle because I identify with this, like you're setting meetings up, your home group members are saying, hey, you look, you know, you're trying to control this. Can you hit us with a couple couple examples? Do you want the chairs, like the tables angled a certain way, the coffee to be, you know, set up a certain, the pamphlets laid out? Like what what kind of issues, you know, are you seeing come up with that? Well, with, with a virtual, with oh, a virtual okay. meeting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really quite interesting because we're getting people from all over the world. Uh, we've got members from Scotland, Hawaii. Uh, even a lot of members from British Columbia, because the name of my home group, Okanagan, is, is the Okanagan Valley is part of the British Columbia, so they recognize it. But uh, we have a strong contingent from Florida. So uh, one of my home group members, uh, a dear friend of mine, I love her dearly, um, she chaired her first meeting. And I was laughing at myself because I was angry and frustrated with how she chared, like the, the what, how she did the readings, how she enunciated things. 
how she called on people, who she called on, like all of those things. But but it, I was it was I've been around for a long time, and I could identify with the defects that I was feeling. But I understood that they were my defects, and it was my issue, and it mm. wasn't about um, it wasn't about what she was doing. It was about what I was feeling, and. And right at the end of the meeting, she did something and I'll remember it for the rest of my life because I'd never heard this before. And, and maybe you have heard this, but in British Columbia, I'd never heard this before. And she said, right at the end of the, uh, right at the, end of the meeting, she said, does anybody have a burning desire? And then she paused and she said, and a burning desire means that you're thinking about hurting yourself or hurting somebody else, or you're thinking about picking up. Mm -hmm. She said, and if you don't want to leave the meeting with those feelings, Now's the time you can just identify yourself. And I, I turned off my camera and I wept, right? I wept because it was just the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. And I don't know uh, what was going on for me that day, or I just never heard it put that way. I've heard lots of people call for a burning desire and I've heard lots of people take the meeting hostage, right? Because they feel they feel like they have something to share, right? You know, I've been here for 25 years and I've got something really important everybody needs to hear for the next 15 <laughs> minutes, right? And, and God bless them, right? But I'd never heard it put like that before. And I just, and so we've adapted. So at the beginning of our meeting, we just really clearly say, does anybody have a burning desire? We explain what that is. We say it's not an opportunity to share. It's not an opportunity for feedback. If you just want to put that out there and let us know what's going on for you, we'd appreciate that, right? And uh, we've had people take advantage of it, admit that they were struggling, all right? Or, or admit that they went to score and, and decide to come to the meeting instead, right? Mm. And, and it's such a powerful thing, right, for people to make that admission. I think the humility that we learn about in the program which is a big part of six and seven. You know, when, when I came to Narcotics Anonymous, I, at best, I was looking after 10 or 20% of my life, right? There, there was so many areas of my life where I just was not able to sustain the lifestyle that I had, right? And by inviting a higher power in, my, my higher power is, a, is 100%. There's no, uh, there, there's no limit right? My, my higher power is 100%. And so whatever I'm able to do and look after for myself, whatever's left is the abundance that I have. And that's the stuff that I get the opportunity to, to contribute, to share, right? You know, and, and, uh, and that's what I really love about, um, about this fellowship. And, and, you know, like this virtual stuff, I mean, I, I get that there's some really terrible things happening in the world. Uh, this this uh, pandemic and this virus um, is really negatively affecting a lot of things. I do a lot of volunteer work in the community. I sit on a lot of nonprofit boards, and you know we, we are seeing the 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 increases in domestic violence, suicide, addiction, mm -hmm. right? The consequences of addiction, suicide. You know, not just suicide, but like and the, not just domestic violence, but uh, but, you know, people eroding, like they're, they're, the quality of life is eroding, right? But, but the other side of this pandemic is, is this opportunity that we all have to uh, get focused on ourselves and things like what's happening in Narcotics Anonymous around the world, right? Um, you know, it is, what, in our literature, it says uh, we, we visit 
Uh, we talk to members and visit various groups. Well, that is just unbelievable. I've attended meetings in Australia. <laughs> I've attended meetings all over the world. I have the opportunity to learn and be of service with people all over the world. Um, you know, my home group uses BlueGene for the platform for our, our meetings. Mm -hmm. And I learned that about a year and a half before the pandemic. I was working with a friend of mine in Scotland uh, to use for my area where I, where I was, uh, you know, when I was attending uh, physical meetings. And um, so I had this tremendous knowledge and tools uh, to apply our traditions to this virtual reality. And then the pandemic hit. And, and me and uh, one of the guys that live in the town, I just said, well, why don't we, why don't we do a, like a virtual meeting thing or something for the locals? And we're astounded by what's happened. Like, I don't know how many meetings I've, I've cried at, right, out of joy, mm -hmm. right? Um, we're listed on virtualna.org. And, um, you know, like, I mean, we, we were going, sometimes we were getting three newcomers at a meeting. Like, and we're doing 14 meetings a week. Yeah. It's just so powerful, right? So Hey Mark, I want to circle back before we before we end this episode and I want to tell you something that really spoke to me is is you know anyone who benefits now um from from your your home group, you know, kind of evolving and including this this burning desire option, okay? Anyone who who can benefit from that now like you have a you have a part in that. You have a part in that because here's why I mean your growth was, you know, you, 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 you could enter into this, into this, um, phase of like, my well, fuck this person, right? Like you're feeling, Oh, I don't like how she's, you know, yeah. enunciating things, you know, calling on things. And then once we do that and I, and I have the same brother, I'm telling you, I, I the same feelings when, when people, what I consider behave poorly in meetings, you know, making little, they say this dumb shit, you know, when people read the traditions, you know, it'll make these done, you know, it, it just burns me up, man. Right. It, yeah. it really does. So, and, but if I, if I get into that zone of saying, you know, well, fuck this person, I'm not listening to anything. Man, I miss, I miss something that I need so that I can be of service to other people. And bro, yeah. I think it's really neat, man, that, that, that you, you were able to kind of bracket that it is what it is and then still listen, still hear what she had to say. It touched you in, in, and now you're a part of like of, of being that vehicle for someone else. I think that's really cool, man. I just wanted to throw that in. And, and Mark, we're going to transition now. I'm going to ask you our final question. We're going to wrap up the episode with your 18 cakes now and, and the experience that you have. If you could sit down with Mark S. with one day clean or one week clean, can you share with us what you would tell him? Um, I, I just... I would just, I think I would just let them know um, that you are loved. You know, that was, um, that was probably my biggest obstacle in coming into the program um, was self-loathing, right? I couldn't reconcile some of the things that I had done with who I was. And how do you get past how do you get past that, right? The most powerful thing that I used to hear in meetings was when people would say, you know, we'll, we'll love you until you can love yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and part of me really wanted to test that. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand what you're saying. 
if you know me, if you know my thoughts, if you knew my behaviors, you would not say that, you know? And uh, so on one hand, I was very adversarial and I would challenge that belief, right? That you're gonna love me until I can love myself. Because I'm like, you do not know me. You do not know me. But, you know, in, in, in doing the program and doing the steps and working with others, right? I come to understand you do know me, right? And you do love me. And I am capable of loving myself today, right? You know, I mean, it's still difficult. It's still a problem. I still have many of the same mental health issues and uh, many of the character defects are still there. But, you know, um, I'm able to step through it in a lot more than I've ever been able to in my life. And, and I think it's just because of the love that I've felt, right? The love that we express and that really does speak to our unity doesn't it right you know i remember it was funny you were talking about i remember that being so angry about somebody announcing they were clean and sober like i would want to leave a meeting because because of that guy or that person over there being clean and sober and i'm like what part of our literature don't you understand and i would i would just be ready to leave the meeting not really understanding that they were where they were, right? And it really wasn't important, right? Like I put a lot of importance on that and it really isn't that important, all right? I think at some point, if you're inclusive and the fellowship grows, the wider the base, we're gonna to have to accept that there are gonna be people at different stages in the recovery and there's gonna be different, um, different ideas. And, um, you know, um, like I've had the opportunity to write about Narcotics Anonymous, and I, I heard a really powerful thing that said the opposite of unity is oppression, right? And oppression is definitely a lack of love. So unity is a lot about love, right? So I think what I would have told me walking in the door that first day was, was you know, that I love you, right? And that's what I heard too, right? The very first guy that took me for coffee, I... I don't know what his motivation was, but uh, I hope I hope it was motivated by love, right? You know, I don't know. Thank you all again for spending your time with us today on the Anonymous Podcast. I encourage you all to focus on that magic six-letter word, others, as we go out into the world. Stop by the Facebook page, fellowship with other guests, or send me a text. Let me know if you'd like to be a guest or if you have any ideas on future podcasts. Until next time, I'm your host, Douglas L. Namaste, and God bless. Mm -hmm.